Hello? I'm recording. I'm recording too. Ooh. Hey guys, welcome Hi. to Women at the West Wing podcast. Hello, Sally. Uh, <laughs> my name is Andrea. This is and Sally. I'm Sally, and we are here today to talk about season seven, episode fourteen. Two ah. weeks out. Mm-hmm. Man, I can't believe it's episode fourteen already. Seriously, I I know we have eight left. Just eight. That is that. That is insane. We're in single-digit countdown now. I know. And there's so much that's going to happen. So There is a lot that's going to happen. Ooh. um, Let's let's sing, and then we will just go ahead and dive in. Just had a bit of a moment there with being eight episodes out. Okay. A little of the clipped. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I really should change my ringtone to that. I need a new wake up in the morning or a new wake up in the morning song. I feel like I'm just, yeah, you I can need do a that. new way to start that, my day. That drum roll. Yeah. Brrr. Yeah. yeah. I think that's totally. perfect. That sounds like a good plan. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, let's do a quick TikTok of what takes place in this episode. We are back out on the campaign trail. Uh-huh. Because that's the kind of trail that you're on. And uh, <laughs> what what happens in this episode? Vinick tries um, to put the uh, nuclear incident behind him by holding uh-huh. a till you drop press conference, rather. Yeah. And uh, what else? There's no White House action, so we have no Bartlett, no Charlie, no... Lots of people, no CJ. Um, so we're just strictly in the campaign, and Vin- nobody yeah. likes Jane. And we've got a reappearance <laughs> of Toby, and that's all yeah. that I care about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty oh, much. Goodness. There's well, this episode is, I don't know, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, what what was your initial? thought on it where did it fall in the season seven landscape for you oh i mean semi low really i mean here's the thing well i really liked the second half of the episode i like once we get to the press conference i like once we get santos and vinnick in the same room i like all of that tension and drama leading up to that it was kind of just lackluster like talking about his hand talking about strategies bringing what's her name in that we all hate like (laughs) all of that was just sort of like no, I didn't like any of it. So, but then once we got to some better stuff, it, it yeah, was second better. half was better, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, it took a while to to analysis. build. I love that we all have kind of the same response. I looked at some of the responses online to this episode, yeah. and the two overwhelming things were one, everybody hates Jane. Like nobody yep. likes her. Yep. But I think that's the point. I don't think we're supposed to like her. <laughs> I guess right? so, but. We just don't do that on the West Wing, usually. I think that's a little problem one with her. Note. Yeah, I, I wrote that she was not nuanced, and I think that's exactly what the issue is, is that that's, we've talked about it so much about having characters, complex characters like Vinick and, and, I mean, and Santos and literally everybody on the show that are more than just a caricature of their party or whatever, and she is exactly that. So... 
Mm-hmm. I think that's what it is. Like you said, a one note. I mean, she's just the same. She's singing the same song and tune every every time. So I think that is part of the issue. At least on my end, that's what it was. It's like, I just want you to be at least a little more likable and human. Yeah. I kind of wish no. that there was some sort of, like, tension between she and Bruno in, like, a sexual innuendo way. Oh. Like, anything anything that could have brought about a little more human given, side Yeah, given her more dimension. Yeah. Yeah. It was a little like, you need to preach to the family values voters and that's it. So. Right. Right. It, she was very much like a, a villain. And we don't, we don't usually have characters that are as black and white as she is. Um, so... It's easy to hate her. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I saw this uh, note online from Rachel, and she said, I spent so much of this episode varying between hating Jane, who I'm sure is like besties with Halfley, who I also cannot stand, yes. and being worried about the contents of Matt's briefcase. So uh, yes. I felt like that was spot on. <laughs> uh, She's yes. besties with Halfley. That's hilarious. That is hilarious. But can we pivot to the suitcase? Because that is a yeah. great point. I was terrified when I started, when I watched this episode for the first time, because I was like, you have made me fall in love with this character. And are you going to just ruin it? I think you can do no wrong and you're going to ruin it. It, Yeah. It felt the whole time I was just ready to be mad. I was ready to be like, you can't just decide he has some huge fiddle flaw after we have loved him for so long. That's exactly so, what I said. I, I yeah. said the words like fatal flaw. I just yeah. did, I wasn't sure if you believed it, but I guess you did. I don't remember. I'm not sure if I bought into it or not. It's been a while since the first time I watched this, but he does get very concerned about losing the briefcase. So they play it up as though it, it has high stakes involved. So it's not right. out of the realm of possibility. Right. He doesn't. Then, I mean everything's okay <laughs> i know should we be like should we be that surprised that santos not only had a uh, an explanation for it but that it was like this totally honorable let me go above and beyond yeah. what i yeah. am called to do but to step up for my brother like it was almost right. a swing to like too good to be true land yeah yeah you know? what's funny is that as soon as he so he tells his story you know his brother had a kid and and wouldn't support it and all that and I didn't even think for a second to not believe him. Like from a character, you know, I was just like, okay, that's what we're doing. Yeah, and then Vinick, totally of course, you know, yeah. And then Vinick sort of makes a comment and he's like, what, you don't believe me? And I'm like, yeah, what? You don't believe him? Like, Have what you are you talking about? Like, I would immediately <laughs> believe him. So it just spoke to, they had been building all this tension. And as soon as he explains it, I'm like, all right, that's it. Because <laughs> yeah. I just trust him and love him. <laughs> Do you think it would have cost him the election if it had come out that he did have this love child? Do you think that would have hurt him? Also, two-parter, do you think it would cost a Republican more than a Democrat? Like, if it had been Arnold Vinnick who had this love child. I feel like for Hmm. some reason... I think it would cost a Republican more because Republicans tout family values a lot. Exactly. um, As Mm -hmm. we saw in this episode. I Mm -hmm. think pre what is this, 2017? I think, like, pre-2015, it would have cost him the election. <laughs> everything really? that I know, everything I know about elections went out the window with this <laughs> last round. So, sure. I can't tell you, you know? He could have shot someone mm-hmm. on Fifth Avenue and... Uh, <laughs> right. Anyway. <laughs> is it too early to start drinking? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was an interesting... 
premise. I also thought it was interesting that they, that Bruno, I liked his line where he said, don't tell anyone, but I do respect the voters. Because Bruno's the one that found this, the briefcase. Yeah. And he would be the first one to exploit it, regardless of how ethical it was, because he right. wants to win. So it was interesting to me that they showed that he really does care about the voters and says, like, they need to have this information. It's not up to us to tell them what to care about, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that, that was true. surprising. And I, I mean, I thought it was admirable that he, I mean, I guess he didn't really have a choice, but he did. He could have leaked it anonymously, but he brought it to Vinick and sort of mm. asked, like, what do you want me to do with this? If you want me to throw it away, I'll throw it away. And of course, I mean, we figured that Vinick would be too, like, when Whoa. he said to keep it, I was like, hmm. No. I know. Well, I, it was still very surprising to me that Vinick would be so above reproach with this. He very easily could have just leaked it to the press and not in, in indirect ways. And I I don't know. It makes him a little idealistic because I don't think there's any chance in real life that somebody would have sat on that. No. There's that no knowledge. chance. There's no chance in real life somebody would have sat on that knowledge, but I liked seeing him do it. I I liked it because of the way it happened, that they found his briefcase. Like, as soon as he knows what it is, he's like, I don't even, I don't want to know anything else about it. I don't, I don't want to have anything to do with this. And I think that Mm -hmm. is believable versus once he knows what's in it. Like, because in that situation, you could be worried about that getting out they're like oh they found his briefcase and they went through it or they stole his briefcase and they went through it and etc etc um so when he first hears it and is like no no no, i'm out i don't want anything to do with it that is believable and then i sort of agree Mm -hmm. when once he knows the information even though i was pulling for him to do the right thing and to sit on it it is it is idealistic and and unrealistic (laughs) really it would not happen Mm -hmm. in this day and age also, it felt to me like the whole speech to Santos when the two of them are together in that little janitorial office or whatever uh-huh. at the end, that this whole talk about the voters have a right to know and I don't care what you do is up to you, but your presidency would be tainted with this. The whole mm-hmm. timbre of the speech, it kind of felt to me like a speech that Bartlett would make to him, not his opponent. Yeah. It was very like fatherly do what is right rather than Mm -hmm. an opponent you know what i'm saying it just felt like they could have swapped out bartlett for that instead of vinnick yeah that's true they could have i feel like they were wanting to make a statement about vinnick's character i guess um Mm -hmm. but i agree it's just a very west wing ish speech in general considering that it's again it's idealistic and it is very like I don't know. He's it's talking very, about integrity. The high, yeah, exactly. He's talking about taking the high ground and, and doing what is right and all that kind of stuff. Um, so it could have come from really from anybody. It could have come from Josh to to have that moment where you think they're going to be like, "Hey, you're going to lose the election," where you think they're going to care about it from a politics standpoint, and they do. But really, also, they're like, "You need to do the right thing." Um, mm-hmm. I think that 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 would ring true of almost anybody in the cast. So I agree with that. It could have been interchangeable. It's interesting. I mean, it makes it even more interesting than that they chose Vinick to do it as his opponent. Yeah. I mean, I love those kind of, again, not a black and white choice than how they right. round out these characters' uh, choices. I love it. It's right. amazing. 
Um, Agreed. I also thought it was a little bit surprising that Santos wasn't more appreciative of Vinick's demeanor and his gesture because he could have he could have ran with it and totally. I mean, I, I know it he, wasn't anything incriminating, but still, I feel like he would have been. I feel like it wouldn't have been out of character for Santos to like have a breath and be like, "Well, thanks for." doing the honorable thing or the right thing. And just, like, any sort of acknowledgement. But he was just pissed, you know? I think he is just still not certain that he's not going to do something with it. Because hmm. just because he handed it over, Vinick still has the knowledge. And, like, I feel like he is just still worried. I feel like now Matt Santos is in the the mindset of, well, it's out, like, it's out there to someone. Somebody outside of us knows this. And so there wasn't really much room to for him to feel. Because he yeah, knows the truth. I, I mean, I guess so. I don't know. I just thought it was kind of weird that like, he just maintained his stance of... Just, I'm right, you're, you're wrong. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he just didn't like being lectured or he's stressed out because there's, you know, two weeks left and all of that. But I thought it was a little strange. Yeah. But sure. there we are. The briefcase uh, extravaganza. Also, that is the worst feeling when your boss asks for their luggage and you don't have it. I don't know if you've ever <laughs> experienced this, but this is a I very mean, real very real thing in my life. I had <laughs> two moments of this this summer when I was on tour where my boss asked for his bag and I went out to the bus to get it and could not find it anywhere. Oh, no. And we're on tour, so, like, we're not in the same state two days right. in a row. So if you don't right. have it, they are not going to have it for right. a very long time. It's going to be expensive. They're going to know that you messed up. Luckily, I found it in a different place that I was freaking out, and so that was a relief. But then <laughs> the other time, it wasn't my fault. So, But I'm just saying, that is, like, the worst fault bad for Bram and Otto on that one. So. Yeah. Shout out to the assistants. <laughs> Speaking of that, I enjoyed their interaction throughout the episode of uh, <laughs> trying to find the briefcase. And, you know, at one point, Bram's like, if you didn't ask, I'm not going to bring it up, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So they had, they had some good little back and forths about the briefcase. Um, that was enjoyable. Small, Let's talk enjoyable. about the um, – oh, and also when Josh and Lou are talking about it and Lou's like, no heroin or porn. And Josh is like, no, that's all mine. <laughs> yeah. So. I like that too. Oh, that was oh good. Joshua. That was good, uh, good, what good. about what about that uh till they drop press conference, huh? Oh, I loved it. I mean, who would I have loved, thought of that? I love everything about it. I loved I loved him sort of taking back the narrative. I love that the whole episode he wanted to do that and kept like pushing back on everybody, like, let's just address it, let's do things my way. All et cetera, et cetera. And um, that finally he got to do it and, and it worked. And I loved especially um, Bruno and Josh were watching. Or was it Bruno and Josh or it might have been Bruno and Toby? Um, I think it was Toby that said, damn, this guy's yeah. good. And then Bruno Toby. or somebody said, son of a bitch. And yeah. it was just, it might have been, that might have been Bruno, that they were just like, man, he is, he knows what he's doing. Um, and he did. And it worked beautifully. I'm surprised people don't do that more when they're trying to put stuff behind them. It's like the whole Mia yeah. Culpa when you go on the the afternoon talk shows or the day right. the morning shows to just like you get know, it over, own up to yeah. something, mm-hmm. right? Because people are more curious when they don't have information. They want to just know all the things. So if they know all the secrets, then they're like, well, eh, whatever. 
<laughs> yeah, then they want to move on to the new story. So may as right, well just exactly. get it it's all out to the open. Right. Um, I was just, uh, I mean, that was all well and good, and he handled it. I really don't think they would have covered him for three hours. I feel like in, no. we, don't, we don't have the attention span for that. I don't care. No, not know. live. No, they would have recorded <laughs> it and then put, like, clips of it. And I felt so bad when Santos goes back inside after he's already left, and he's like, let's do some more, you know? And it's like. Yes. That know, was pretty sad. A little desperate, trying to get that yeah, free media definitely buy. Desperate. Definitely but desperate. I loved that we all felt the same way about hating Jane, but also that we were all so <laughs> excited for Toby, yes. even in the smallest measure. I loved it. <laughs> Everybody online was just, like, giddy that he was in it for any amount of time at all. Yeah, I loved it. And not, and not even just that he was in it, but he was talking to Josh. It, it felt sort of like old times. They were working on strategy and talking through things. And, it, yeah, it was, it was just wonderful. All of it. Wonderful. And, and he just did so much with so little. I mean, he's yeah. talking he's talking into the phone, and it's just – I mean, never for a second do you – I feel like there are times on shows where you see somebody talking on the phone and you're like, yeah, there's clearly no one on the other end and just, they just <laughs> yeah. don't sell it. And he's just so flawless. Like, I can't yeah. not gush about it. And Agreed. 100%. Yes. And, of course, we love that Josh and Toby are strategizing together and this is what it would yeah. have been like if, if he had Ugh. been involved <laughs> this whole time. Yeah. And maybe it's, not indicted yeah. then, because he would have been too busy to leak uh, <laughs> classified that's, secrets. That's true. Josh. So it's really like, all Josh's fault. Agreed. Yeah. 100%. Just, he should have invited Toby on the campaign trail, and then it would have been done. Oh, so sad. Um, what else is there? Um, Vinic, Vinic had a fractured hand. Yeah, I didn't really care about It was interesting in the sense that you don't think about how many hands they have to shake. It's because that oh, was kind of fun. I mean, you do Ooh. think about it, but not in that. I don't know. It was just that was interesting. But other than that, I was like, Meh, I don't know. Maybe it was symbolic of something. Who knows? Yeah, there really, there really wasn't much else in this episode. Which is funny because I just started watching season one again. Um, oh yay! Just, which I've sort of, which I sort of have tried to avoid while we've been podcasting, like watching other. Occasionally, I'll watch an episode or two out of order, mm-hmm. but I've been trying to avoid, like, totally starting somewhere else. We don't get confused, But yeah. I, I gave in and just started season one over again. You're only and human. It's like, and, yeah, and to, so really to see the difference. I mean, I always knew the difference, but to be watching season seven and season one simultaneously is... So different. It is so different. I mean, there are just... There are so many storylines going on. There's so many nuances and little moments of of just acting brilliance and writing brilliance. Not that this isn't brilliant, but it is very the music, it's just a very different pace and level of intricacy, I think. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's just so much in every episode that I want to point. Like every when I'm watching season one, I'm just like, look at his face, look at that expression he just made, and like, <laughs> look at this line is the perfect line, and like, listen to Bartlett say this, deliver this line, and I don't know, I could just go on and on about how per and the lighting is so great, and it's just it's all wonderful. And not that this isn't wonderful, but it just reminds me that season six and seven are sort of like a different show. Um, yeah. 
But it's weird so, because I do really like season seven. I like six I and seven. Too. But you're right. It is like a West Wing next generation. It is. That, the, that's the exactly how I sort of look at it is that it is still good. I don't want to take like away from it. Yeah. I don't want to take away from how good it season six and seven are. I like they were leaving five out altogether. But um, <laughs> but it's just yeah. a totally – it's just a totally different show, really. So – this uh this episode was directed by Laura Innes, one of she's directed a couple. She was Carrie Weaver on ER. So oh, cool. that's fun. Also, it was written by Lawrence O'Donnell, which as a caveat, did you see the leaked tape of Lawrence O'Donnell freaking out on set of his show? No. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. Colbert oh did gosh. a parody of it on his show, and that's where I first saw it. So if you oh have a gosh. chance and you haven't seen it yet, just look up The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, Lawrence O'Donnell. It is really funny. I thought about tweeting about it, mm-hmm. but I'm sure it's controversial because, you know, he does good work. But then I also didn't want to make him mad because yeah. I saw what happened. Right, <laughs> so, right, right, right. Well, and he's, yeah. he's a huge, such a huge part of the West Wing, so. Yeah, I mean, he moderated want to that. offend. I would never want to offend, but. Yeah, and he wrote a ton of hilarious. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I didn't know that Ron Silver, who plays Bruno, I didn't know that he died in 2009. I didn't know that either. What? Yeah, he, he, yeah, he died of cancer oh, in 2009. Right? So sad. Yeah. Cool. Happy Wednesday to us. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but he's so great. I, I, I mean, great. Bruno is just, I mean, he's good in every scene. And whether or not we like him in the scene, it's just he does that character so well. He's one of so. those characters that really grows on me um, mm-hmm. throughout the whole series. Really. Like Logan Huntsberger. Like, you don't want to like him at first, and he is, like, oh. purposefully a little bit unlikable, but then nope. you get to know love, him a little more. <laughs> I love Logan Huntsberger all the time, forever. Oh. Oh. Sorry, not Okay, sorry. fine. All right, Demi Lovato. Um, the <laughs> next episode is Welcome to Wherever You Are, right? Yeah. Ep- episode 15. Yeah. Can't remember what happens in it, but I'm sure it's great, and we're going to talk about it. We and are. We are. Then the next one is Election Day. Oh, my gosh. Somebody was mad in our last episode that we didn't talk more about John Spencer because it was his last episode, but I figure... We're going to talk more about John Spencer when we talk about Leo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about it in the episode that was the last episode before he died. Like the last episode that aired, we talked about it a little bit. But yeah, we're going to have plenty to talk about in in Election Day Part 1 and Part 2. Or just crying. Or or sobbing into the microphone. Yep. I mean, there's there will be plenty more, so rest yeah. assured. We you are yeah, heard, definitely. but uh, we disagree. Uh, okay, so MVP. <laughs> we'll get there. Ep- yeah, we'll get there. MVP yeah. of this episode. Um, so Vinick. I feel like Vinick is mine. He gets his <laughs> he gets his groove back a little bit and shakes a bunch of hands and does the right thing with the briefcase. So I'm gonna go Vinick. I agree. I'm going to go cool. with Vinick as well. Yes. We were so we were so close to getting Alan Alda on here. He was in Nashville, and I tried to reach <sighs> out. It was just too, too last minute. So yeah. that's okay. But he is so Anyways. gosh darn likable. That's fine. Yeah. I'm not crying about yeah. it. It's fine. No. Um, if you guys have thoughts about 
two weeks out. Any West Wing matters, you can email us at thewestwingpodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at wingingitpod. We are well into season seven. We are almost done. Guys, it is just, <laughs> it's too real. It's sad. What are we going to do when we can't talk? It talk with you every week i know you'll have the west wing weekly but it's not the same and we're just going to be piddling around the house in our bathrobes and talking about the west wing to nobody i know (laughs) there's a pretty picture for you um but hey if, if if gilmore girls does a reboot i'm sure we'll do some episodes about that i don't know sure i'm just making promises we can't keep gilmore girls did a reboot already no, but the Paladinos just signed a deal with um, Amazon for another show. So there's, like, talk about really possibly doing another Gilmore Girls thing. With um, Amazon or with Netflix? With Amazon. They just signed a, kind of like a studio deal with Amazon. So huh. you never know. And, of course, okay. if the West Wing did any kind of reboot, you oh, would. God. Be all over that. I would try to get on yeah. the show as an extra. There, yeah. there are no lengths to which I would not go to try to be in that project. Let that. I be think known. we can make that happen. Honestly, I yeah. Think let's start start a campaign. We've, we've at least wooed the women of the cast. Yeah, that's right. We just they need like well, and Toby <laughs> Richard Schiff loves us too. That's so true. We yeah, have yeah. the original Spalding balls before he even started. Uh, yeah, auctioning what? them off. <laughs> I know. We're such visionaries. (laughs) That was, he totally got that from us doing that. Yeah, I know. So, hey, we exist. Somebody knows about us. Yep. Um, We love you guys. We hope you have, yeah, we hope you guys have a great day. And we will be back next episode for more West Wing goodness. And take care till then. (laughs) Bye bye. Bye, guys.